the drip aficionado is hard at work again, people. We know you're sick of us. We know you hate us. That's why we're going to be here. The horse is back and our jockey is Russell Wilson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. Today, I am representing for the gangsters all around the world. And today I'm joined by hitting them corners and them lolos, girl. How are you doing today, Jared? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing 10% better now, even than I heard that intro. <laughs> That's uh, for those of you that don't. Well, I'll, either you get that intro or you don't. You know, that's okay. It's it's always if, if Justin's doing the intro, you know it's going to be a banger. That's all I can say. I'm sure it's loosely sports related because the man that sings that song, or men, I should say, performed at the halftime show, and that song was part of it. Okay. Well, as you know, I streamed the Super Bowl this year, and uh, it decided to only during the halftime show cut out for me, so I didn't get to watch the halftime show as much as I would have liked to. Oh, really? I am in the camp that I really liked the halftime show. I thought it was excellent. Oh, it was, I've heard great things about it. I watch, I actually went and watched the, the replay of it later, but oh, okay. I didn't get to see it live. But yeah, it was, it was great. Just uh, maybe all of our listeners out there who are thinking of getting Peacock, maybe don't do that. Unless, of course, that Peacock is St. Peter's. Whoa, what a Cinderella story. The shoe fits, if you will. It sure does. The little old 15 seed out of New Jersey is uh, in the Sweet 16, only the third 15 seed ever to reach the Sweet 16. Our boys Oral Roberts did it last year, actually. And then back in 2013, Florida Gulf Coast also did. But no 15 seed has ever reached the Elite Eight. So St. Peter's could make some history as they play Purdue on, uh, does it, is it Thursday night or Friday night? I can't remember. It is th- Friday night. All right. It's not well, Tuesday today. <laughs> for the sake of my bracket, uh, I need Purdue to win. But for the upset story of the decade, let's go St. Peter's. That's all I Yeah, let's go St. Peter's. I would love to see them win. And you know, I, I can see them beating Purdue. Yeah. Purdue's very, very good. But so if, 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 Texas, if Texas has shown us anything, from this last week, they they are not as bulletproof as you might assume. Yeah. But anyway, we are rooting for St. Peter's. I am at least because I I don't care about my bracket. I'll I'll say that I would like to have a good bracket, but I am all about the chaos. I love seeing the upsets. Yeah, I want to see the 16 seed take down the one seed, even if that's my my champion. I was rooting for Georgia State when they played Gonzaga. Uh, and it was close there for a minute, and then Gonzaga did their Gonzaga thing. But yeah, um, yeah, it's been a wild tournament so far. Obviously, St. Peter's has been kind of the talk of the tournament. And I'm just going to get into my shout out right now, get it out of the way early. Uh, Doug Eddard on St. Peter's. Uh, that dude's awesome, man. The mustache, the swag, the flow. You got to love it. It rivals Drew Timmy, honestly. That's that's a bold statement. Driving Drew Timmy. It, it's it's close. I mean, the mustache and the hair and all of that. But like I was telling you before we went on the air, um, Doug Eddard got a NIL deal just uh, on Wednesday this week with Buffalo Wild Wings. 
the man just keeps getting luckier, man. The guy's living the dream right now. Yeah. And also the Peacocks are my shout out this week. I mean, how can you not shout out that team? I mean, holy cow, they're doing amazing. Yeah. And I loved what their coach said after that uh, second round win over Murray state, he was like, I have a bunch of kids on this team that grew up playing ball in the streets in New York and New Jersey. So you think they're intimidated by anyone we play? Nah, man. Nah. So I'm all about it. Let's go. St. Peter's pull the upset on Purdue and Philadelphia this weekend. That'd be awesome. Get to the elite eight and make some history. Yeah. That'd be sweet to see, but man, as much as March madness is madness and is going crazy. Holy cow. The, the NFL free agency is the spotlight stealer right now. That's the real March madness. It's been insane. Holy cow. Even today. Yeah. I don't remember a free agency quite like this in my lifetime. Like every year it kind of feels like anymore. We're like, Oh, this is so crazy. The NFL is never going to be the same, but like this year, especially Holy cow, man. Like just the quarterback moves alone. We'll get to them in just a second in specifics, Mm -hmm. but then maybe the biggest one of the whole thing outside of the Russell Wilson deal that we saw a couple weeks ago uh, happened on Wednesday day. We're recording Tyreek Hill is suddenly a Miami dolphin. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, well, let's, let's get into that one first, I guess, because I think that this tells us a couple of things. But my first question to you is, if you're the Chiefs, why on earth would you get rid of one of your best, if maybe not your best, uh, offensive playmaker outside of Patrick Mahomes? As far as I see it, I think Tyreek had a pretty good shot of coming back to the Chiefs until Devontae Adams was traded. Then he looked at the money Devontae Adams was getting from the Raiders, and he said, I want that. And the Chiefs could not pay it because, let's not forget, Patrick Mahomes is getting a bag and it is a fat overflowing bag that he is getting. No doubt. Uh, And And it's not just cash coming out. It's like gold bricks. It's like the stuff that Scrooge McDuck dives into. (laughs) He is getting all of that. And I just don't think the chiefs can afford Tyreek Hill. And that, and that's their problem. I mean, I've talked about it before quarterbacks taking these huge blockbuster deals are bad for the teams and not let me, cause I'm going to get into this later. I'm not saying a player shouldn't get their money. They shouldn't get paid, but there's a difference between getting paid, especially when you're also getting sponsorships and spokesperson gigs, which we know Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, shoot, he's got a whole line of Oakley sunglasses. Don't forget the sh- yeah. Don't forget the ketchup. At what point is getting that money? no longer showing that you are a great one. At what point is it excess? And I will say, I think, you know, players should get paid. I think, you know, especially those guys like wide receivers, running backs, especially tight ends that beat their body up. They deserve to get that bag, but there is a difference between getting your payday and taking, you know, in excess. If, if that makes sense, I'm kind of rambling. No, I got what you're saying. And my thing is, and I totally agree with the reasoning that this happened was he saw the money that Adams was getting with the Raiders. And he said, Hey, uh, I think I'm just as good, if not better than Adams. So I should get paid just as good, if not better 
And uh, the Dolphins were obviously willing to shell out. The Chiefs weren't. Um, I'm not blaming the Chiefs at all for not wanting to write that kind of check. However, um, I was actually talking about this with one of my coworkers at work today. At some point, we can't keep having record-breaking contracts. True. Especially like, with cap space. Exactly. Like it's gonna, you'd think at some point here, eventually flatten out and like, they just financially can't do that. Um, and the thing I've always felt with these huge deals, and I've been vocal about this before when we've talked about baseball and like the big deal that Manny Machado got um, with the Padres and all of that. Uh, it's great for now. Like it's great for the first year or two, maybe. But these organizations are going to realize in three, four, five years down the road that uh, they've put themselves in a very peculiar position money-wise and not being able to, you know, and not just money-wise, like draft-wise too. Like the Dolphins gave up five picks for Tyreek Hill over the next couple drafts. Um, and they better really hope it works out because I've said it before. I'll say it again in any sport. When you shell out this kind of money, for a player, you put yourself under the spotlight for scrutiny. And if the Dolphins don't make the playoffs this year now, um, with the offense they have now, and you think of Jalen Waddle and now Tyreek Hill and Tua, um, if they don't make the playoffs now, uh, some people are going to lose their jobs. And yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same old story. And I'll say it every time we see a contract like this. Um, I'm not faulting the Dolphins. I think it's a great get for them. And I think it's absolutely going to help them. Um, but it, it, I'm interested to see what things look like in Miami uh, two, three years down the road. And Tyreek is signed to a, I believe it is a three or four year deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, I, I also wonder because the, Di the Miami dolphins have been under some heat lately. I wonder if this wasn't partially to, you know, dissipate some of that, like, Oh my gosh, look what the dolphins are doing. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, there's still that whole Brian Flores accusation about tanking games. Let's not forget that. So um, this is serves as a nice little, Ooh, look at this shiny thing over here. And don't pay attention to that right now. Um, I'm not saying that's why they did this, but I think it worked out um, nicely in terms of that stuff too, but it, it is a heck of a get for the dolphins. And I think, uh, I think they're, I mean, instantly a better team because of it and i i agree i think this is i think this is good for them yeah and as far as the chiefs go uh yeah you're losing a big name player but fortunately the chiefs are a team right now that has enough other playmakers where this won't like absolutely catastrophically destroy their hopes this season um but i think it puts them on a much finer wire yeah that no if you know their biggest playmaker now is going to be travis kelsey Yep. Yep. And yep. again, Travis Kelsey is a tight end. He plays a position that is very physically demanding. And we've seen it with a lot of great tight ends. It's easy to go out with an injury. It's happened to Gronk multiple times. It's happened to a ton of tight ends. Yeah. And I think if Kelsey was to go out, I think the Chiefs to offense becomes significantly middling. Yeah. They've brought in Juju Smith Schuster, who is has has a high ceiling if he is across from a wide receiver that is going to get doubled. Yep. 
I think right now they don't have that wide receiver that's going to get doubled, and maybe they're planning on picking someone up in the draft. I don't, I don't know what that war loom, room looks like, but I think the Chiefs are in a vulnerable state, and I think with how crazy their division has been in free agency, I think they are they're approaching a point where I think they're going to start regretting that Patrick Mahomes contract. I think it's going to bite them in the butt so hard. Yeah. And here's what I was going to say. I'm glad you brought up uh, the crazy free agency that the AFC West has had, because I think if this, if the chiefs do this trade um, three years ago, they're fine. Okay. I think they're still fine in the division, but now when you have the Raiders who suddenly have Devontae Adams, you have the Broncos who suddenly have Russell Wilson and the mm-hmm. Chargers who have just been beefing up with like Khalil Mack. Um, I mean, this is a scare. This is maybe the best division in football now. And, and yep. you just potentially traded away one of the best players your franchise has had in quite a while. Um, I think the Chiefs put themselves in a very, as you put it, a, a very fine line now. And, you know, if they do lose somebody, like let's say they lose Kelsey to injury or Mahomes even to injury, uh, they're done in that division. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I mean, I think it's, it's like a nuclear, nuclear arms race over there. I mean, the Broncos went from basically like a laughing stock, no offense, Daniel, but they went from that to a, a playoff contender overnight. Mm-hmm. I that's that's just the huge change that their inconsistencies of quarterback I've been saying it forever are holding them back and now they have someone that is a proven quarterback Derek Carr and the Raiders have been chugging along finding that success we'll see how they do under the new coach but they're just coming off of a playoff berth they're definitely looking to make it back in that Devontae Adams signing you know indicates that they're giving Derek Carr some weapons. And I would be, to be honest, that's something he has either had taken away or hasn't had in the past few years. Yeah. Like you think like Darren Waller, but I mean, the Raiders haven't had like a, a the guy kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they do. I, I feel like they do um, here. This is maybe like a long-term crystal ball question for you. Um do you think the AFC West now under the new playoff format, do you think they send all four next year in the AFC? I would like to see how the draft goes. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say in the, as of right now, if everything stayed the same, I think, yes. If everybody stayed healthy and everything stayed the same as it is right now, I think, yes. Because the AFC is so powerful now. Like, the entire AFC kind of feels like an arm race, arms race. Yeah. The Bengals with Burrow, and you have, um, you know, the Dolphins now with Hill. And, uh, you know, the I, I mean, I guess there's some other teams making moves that I don't know quite put them on that level. But uh, still, the AFC is, I think, the best conference of the two now. I think the power has shifted over there, um, especially with Wilson leaving Seattle. Uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I would – if everyone stays healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if that division sends all four to the playoffs. Um, yeah. Don't ask me to put them in any order right now because I uh, definitely can't do that. But, I mean, yeah, if you're the Chiefs – you got to be a little bit worried 
just about how things around you are changing so fast, so close to home, and you don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. And then on the Dolphins side of things, I think that this is going to show us once and for all what kind of quarterback Tua really is. Yep. Um, I, he, he has got, you know, he has got so much talent on that offense right now. Um, Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. You're saying but, what I'm going to say. So yeah, you've got Waddle. Now you've got Tyreek Hill. You've got um, Gusecki. That's just off the top of my head. Three amazing options. Um, I know they just did some running back work too. And I don't remember exactly who they put on there um, or signed back. I'd have to look that up. But man, if and with Tyreek Hill, his ability to create space and just the fact that he's just faster. That's yeah. I mean, he's and, one of the fastest guys on the field. Period. Yeah. So. I mean, holy cow. Can you imagine putting Tyreek Hill in motion and just him? And I'm sure the Chiefs have done this. I just don't watch Chiefs football. But putting him in motion and whoever's covering him has got to move in motion with him, obviously. And he's just out there speeding down the field, fastest human alive, whatever he is. Yeah. And and then suddenly they're looking his way. And then, man, Waddle's out there just open. I know it's not quite that simple, man. Yeah. but Tyreek Hill, besides being an amazing pass catcher, besides being an amazing receiver, besides being super fast, he he just draws attention. Yeah. And and that's... I'm going to tell you what, man, uh, the secondaries that play against the Dolphins this year are in for a hell of a time because I don't quite frankly know how you take care of Waddle and Hill and keep an eye on Tua. And, and, you know, I mean, I mean, and just within their own division, yeah, the Bills have a pretty solid defense, uh, but the Patriots and Jets are not going to be able to handle that. I mean, uh, the, the Dolphins might suddenly be the second best team in the, in the AFC East. I think, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. It, it just a very interesting move. Definitely shook up the NFL world. Definitely shook up the AFC. Um, but yeah, that was probably the biggest non quarterback move of free agency. If you're ready to move into all the quarterback shenanigans. Yeah. Can, can we start with the big one that I think people are, Besides Russell Wilson, the the big one, yeah, yeah, the man that's been sitting for a year. Uh, yeah, okay, take it away. All right. So the Browns. Oh man. So I'm gonna say. I don't like how this situation came came about, and I. I am in the camp that I I for one am super glad Tom Brady came back to the Buccaneers, because. I did not want the Buccaneers to end up with Deshaun Watson. I did not want that. I don't care how good he is. I think NFL and fans and teams need to stop being so lenient with, you know, sexual assault, um, domestic violence, everything that they continue to just kind of let get swept under the rug. This man has a multitude of sexual assault allegations levied against him. He can still be suspended by the NFL. And I think this is a terrible look for the Browns. I, I do not like that. They signed him for the reasons I've stated above. And I do not like how they handled it with Baker Mayfield. 
Yeah. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback that took them to their first playoff win in how many years? Yeah, no doubt, man. And granted, he had a rough year this last year, but that was also shown be partially because he played through an injury that hampered his ability. He, in in my eyes, and maybe I'm not a Browns fan, I am not in the front office, so maybe, maybe my arguments aren't valid, but I think Baker really, you know, laid it out for the Browns. He did everything he could to help them win. And I think the Browns just screwed him. They said, oh, we're not going for Deshaun Watson. He's, And then it comes out, oh, he said no to us. Baker's like, well, I would like a trade. If you're not committed to me, I'm not committed to you kind of thing. And then they said no. And then they still pursued Deshaun Watson and ended up getting him. Um, Baker Mayfield now left in the lurch. And, you know, I good for him. Get out of Cleveland because I can totally see him being – someone that has a resurgence somewhere else yeah go to seattle please come I, to Seattle. go to seattle i think he would do well there um go so no go I, go, go somewhere where you're gonna be appreciated exactly uh, I it's not a dumpster fire of an organization the browns have instantly gone from that scrappy underdog that i think most of us like to root for to someone no. that like i I hope they fail. I hope they go back to irrelevance. I okay. First off, so glad you said all that stuff about how they handled it with Baker because I agree, and I really haven't heard anyone say that yet. Of everything I've read, I have not seen a fan base turn on a player so quickly that as the Browns have turned on Mayfield, it feels like I have seen nothing but hate for this guy over the last six months. Really, it all kind of started with that Odell yeah. Beckham stuff. Um, and that Baker was the problem, blah, blah. And like you said, have you forgotten, have you Cleveland idiots forgotten that this was the guy that got you to your first playoff appearance in how many years and won a playoff game for your franchise? Okay. He was the guy who wasn't, you know, a one-year guy that, you know, you have to get a new jersey for every year. Like he was going to be the guy. Okay. And he played through a pretty significant injury for a good portion of this last season. He gave the way I see it, Baker gave that franchise everything um, that he could give and to treat him like this uh, just reprehensible, man. And so I don't blame him one bit for being like, you know what? You guys went behind my back on this Deshaun Watson thing. You lied to me. You kept me in the dark about it. Uh, No, I don't want to play for your organization. And I agree with you. I want him to go somewhere. Um, I mean, I'd love him to come to Seattle, but I just want him to go somewhere he's going to be appreciated because Baker is a, I think he's a great quarterback um, and he's proven it. I mean, so I don't know. And then the whole Deshaun Watson thing, like you said too, that's its own can of worms. I think you tackled it pretty well. At the end of the day, this guy still has all these allegations against him. I don't know, honestly, you know, what to make of it one way or another, but something fishy has gone on. I know mm-hmm. that. And um, if this is the if this is the horse the Browns want to back, um, let them because I think that they're I think this is going to be a catastrophic failure in a year's time. And Browns fans, you heard it here first. You get exactly what you deserve with this. 
Yep. Um, you get exactly what you deserve. It, it actually makes me very mad, this whole Cleveland situation. Um, but yeah, and, and as far as Baker goes, um, you know, with all the quarterback shuffling that's gone on, there's really only a couple viable options left out there. Seattle being one of them and Carolina, I think being another, um, it is going to be interesting to see where he goes. I don't know. I mean, the way Seattle's been acting from their camp, they've been moving forward as if Drew Locke's going to be the guy, at least this next year, they did the introductory press conference with him earlier this week. They had him, you know, sign the contract, all that stuff. And listen, I, I don't think Drew Locke's the answer, but I want to try to not dump on the guy the way that I've seen some people have been. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not his fault uh, that he's not Russell Wilson. It's not his fault that he woke up one day and suddenly he um, was the starting quarterback, presumably of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I know it's not an ideal situation, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to crap on the guy just for being Drew Locke. I mean, he is what he is. And I think he's shown bursts of uh, hope, but, you know, I, I just don't think he's that guy and it's no one's fault and it's nothing to get no. salty over, I guess. But uh, I'd love Baker to come to Seattle and maybe Drew Locke can serve as a viable backup in that situation. Um, but I don't know. It seems that um, – Carolina kind of has their eyes on Kenny Pickett in the draft with a six overall pick. Um, obviously, I, like you said earlier, I don't know what's going on in that war room, um, but it, yeah, yeah. It, and it's put Baker in a really tough spot. And, um, you know, with, like I said, all the other quarterback moves that we've seen, it's kind of left him hung out to dry, but I applaud him for sticking to his guns on this one. Yeah. And I mean, uh... I, he doesn't have a ton of options. I mean, right now, the the Falcons are going to need a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. Although the Falcons signed to take this for what it's worth, uh, Mariota. Um, oh, did I? I must have missed that. Yeah, they did. Oh, they're going to roll with Mariota. Yeah, they're in rebuild mode. That was um, too long after they traded Ryan away. Um, and I think we should get to that one next. Matt Ryan to the Colts. Yes. But, um. So uh, I guess yeah. the, they went with Mariota. So oh, I've got my thoughts about Mariota. I still don't think he's that great of a quarterback. I know you like him cause he's a duck, but I do like him and I wish him success wherever he goes. Uh, but just like I was saying with drew lock uh, over in Seattle, I don't think that Mariota is the answer in Atlanta. He's too injury prone and that's been his biggest problem. Um, well, I think and that's, yeah, I, like he's injury prone and I, I don't think his ceiling's high enough, honestly. Like, yeah. And, and take this for what it's worth. I think it, it, well, one, we will get to see the rematches between Jameis and Mariota, the two, you know, best, best quote unquote quarterbacks from that draft. Um, but I think, you know, I'm, I use Jameis Winston as a comparison to Mariota because they're both from that draft. They're both like, oh, which one's better? And I do think Jameis has taken that mantle because I can compare them because I think they're similar in a lot of ways. And I think they're both not that guy, especially after seeing Jameis put up as that guy for, for my team. But Jameis has got a higher ceiling. He can throw those incredible five touchdown games, but he also has the super low floor 
where it's a five interception game. Yeah. Um, I think Mariota has a higher floor, but his ceiling is also significantly lower. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a very good way of putting it. Uh, the Falcons, as you said, are in rebuild mode. I think Mariota is going to be a placeholder for a year or two. Will they try to find their next guy? Um, uh, man, I feel bad for the Falcons. They went from, you know, hoping they were going to be in the running for Deshaun Watson, which I don't, I think that's misplaced placed hope, but I digress. Um, to realizing they didn't get him and thinking, well, at least we've still got Matt Ryan. To uh, now we have nobody. Yeah. And uh, Matt Ryan to the Colts um, is an interesting move. And Matt Ryan, I've always felt like, is a very talented quarterback. Obviously, he had that excellent 2016 season, won the MVP. Um, we've seen what he can be with the right team around him. I don't know if the Colts are the right team. Um, they're a better team than the Falcons were. Uh, but to me, it just kind of feels like the, what the Colts did with Carson Wentz, who is now in Washington, which we will get to. Um, the difference, I think, is <laughs> and Carson Wentz, I, I you mean, know, he, he did all right last year, but ultimately it's either his growth, growth was stunted or he got the got cold feet from his injuries, but he is not the same quarterback that we once saw. Yeah. And the ultimately that 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 lost him his job. That game yeah. against Jacksonville lost him his job. Yeah, and I guess the comparison I should make more so than the Carson Wentz deal with the Colts is the Philip Rivers thing they did. Um yeah. This is kind of what it feels like. Another one year once really great quarterback who's on his way out. Um it's not a long-term answer if you're Indianapolis. Um you know, I think a year from now, they're going to be doing the same thing, trying to find another quarterback or maybe two years from now. But, um, and I'm not, this is not at all to dog Matt Ryan, because I think he's a great quarterback that's been hampered greatly by being in Atlanta and a uh, change of scenery is sometimes a great thing for a guy like him. Um, but uh, I think the Colts are, you know, they're going to compete in their division and Matt Ryan's going to have another, you know, under the radar pretty solid season but at the end of the day i don't think he's getting you to uh an afc championship a super bowl and i think that this is just uh you know where his retirement party is going to be essentially is in indianapolis let me throw another comparison at you though what if he's the next max stafford Ooh, they're two years apart in terms of age, so not that far. Both have Matt Ryan had a better career in Atlanta, obviously, but both have had kind of middling careers at at one at one team, and then they're traded away to a team that is kind of on the edge of glory. I would say. Um, I think the I, I I it's an interesting comparison. I don't think the Colts are what the Rams were when they got Stafford. Maybe not quite as good, but I mean, they've got a decent defense. They've got a pretty good offense. They've got a stud at running back for dang sure, at least. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they're... And I mean, 
let's look at the comparisons of Atlanta to Detroit. Neither quarterback really had weapons. I agree with that. Quarterbacks had coaches that basically bungled their career. Um, and I, I, I can see that. Matt Ryan finding a lot of success here. And, you know, he's I, I, a much offensive line around him. Now, oh, for dang sure. Quentin Nelson uh, beefing up the front there. Uh, he's going to not get hit as much for sure. Um, and again, Matt Ryan, yeah, I I do like the comparison to Stafford as a quarterback because I do see them quite similarly uh, as two guys who uh, for the big front half of their careers were put in uh, less than ideal situations as far as the team around them goes. Um, I don't know. I This is one I'm interested to see how it plays out now because the Colts are a uh, – they're, I mean, they're right there in the mix. Uh, I don't think they're in the mix to compete for a Super Bowl, but they're in the mix to be in the playoffs, no yeah. doubt. And I, I think we possibly see a resurgence in Matt Ryan's career, though, is, is what I'm saying. Um, and I said the same thing about Carson Wentz, and I would argue we kind of did, to be honest. Like, he played much better last year with Indy than he did with the, with the Eagles the year prior. But I digress. Um, I think the Falcons won that trade. I think, or I mean, excuse me. I, was I think say, the Colts won that trade. The Falcons are in full rebuild mode. They're going to be a joke of a franchise for another year. Um, the the Panthers, we'll see what they do. Um, but I, I think they're going to be kind of still a bad team this next year. And this might be Buccaneers bias, but man, uh, it, it's feeling good to be in our position right now. Yeah, things are looking pretty great in Tampa land right now. You got Brady back um, and your division is all kind of scrambling for second place, it feels like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so let, let's briefly touch on Carson Wentz because we kind of talked about it. That's another one. Wentz to Washington from the Colts and part of this domino effect. Um, do you, what do you think this does for the commanders now? I think they're still in the same position they were as of before signing Carson Wentz. I don't think they've really gained or lost anything. And I think Wentz is probably better than Heineke. Probably. Um, but by, uh, by a little bit, maybe. Um, Alan, I shouldn't say that. I do. I do agree with you. I think Carson Wentz is an improvement, but I don't think as a whole, the commanders are in a spot to benefit from Carson Wentz. That's the way I'll say that. If I'm, if I'm a guy like Terry McLaurin right now, um, and I see the big moves that have been happening in Denver where like the Broncos got Russell Wilson and then you have the Colts getting Matt Ryan um, and the Dolphins even getting Hill like we talked about earlier. These are teams making moves like big boy moves. And then the, the, they are teams that want to win a Super Bowl. They're not just a team that wants to, you know, passively make income. Yeah. Or even the Raiders getting Adams, you know stuff like that. But then your team, and you're probably one of the best players on your team, if you're Terry mm -hmm. McLaurin, and you see them go after Carson Wentz, who's at a question mark as of late to say uh, the best. Um, 
at what point does Terry McLaurin say, all right, I don't believe in this whole process. I want out. Well, uh, when does Terry McLaurin's uh, contract run out with That's the commander? A, it might be then. Let me look it up right now. I don't know. If um, he signed. Oh, it's funny. He signed with them as the Redskins continued through the Washington football team. And now he's a commander. He's been on three different teams while only being on one team. Three eras. Um, he signed a four-year contract when? Well, that had to have been at least two years ago if he went through all those name changes. He was drafted in 2019. So. Four-year. So next year, his his... Oh, at the end of this year. Okay, so that sounds about right. If things don't go well for Washington this season with Wentz, uh, let's not be surprised if this time next year Terry McLaurin's finding his way to a different team because he's, you know, yeah, he's a great receiver and he definitely uh, probably doesn't want to, for lack of a better term, waste his career, waste his uh, golden years here in the NFL on a team that's, you know, middle. That's a word yeah. we use a lot in this show, but it's it's very accurate. Uh, so- I, can, I can see him going to a lot of teams. There's going to be teams needing receivers next year, one of which, I hate to say it, is going to be the Steelers. They just lost Juju. Um, I, I guess they got Claypool still, but... yeah. Um, that's another pools. move. Mitch Trubisky to the Steelers, who I don't know I, to say there, but <laughs> I I like it. I think Mitch Trubisky got screwed in Chicago. I think it's now pretty plain to see that he was not the issue that he was made out to be. No, it was Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. I, I will say that to anyone who asks. Uh, I, I think Mitch Trubisky could have a resurgence as well. I think he might be getting the second chance he needs. And yeah. he's been working in, in Buffalo. Yeah, I was just going to say, know. a year under Josh Allen never hurts. Learning from Josh Allen, learning from Buffalo's quarterback coach, who is obviously doing something right. Um, We could see uh, – man, I am, I'm really – vibing with these quarterback moves for the most part yeah there's been some interesting ones um for sure the trubisky one was made some waves i don't think the Wentz one made as many waves uh the matt ryan one for sure did obviously we did a whole show on the wilson one um i think we've beat that horse to death right now but hmm. yeah it's it, horse yeah except the dead horse in this scenario is the seahawks not the broncos <laughs> um but yeah, it, it's 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 kind of crazy, you know. It's it's a huge domino effect. It always is. This year, like I said, kind of at the beginning, it was a lot bigger than it has been in years past, where it felt that way anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Some teams have really put themselves uh, under the heat lamp, though, because if it doesn't work out, um, you know, and I just it's not going to work out for everybody. At least one of these guys is not going to pan out where they're at now. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what things look like a year from now, or, um, after the next, this 2022 seasons in the books. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a fun time in football right now, especially leading up to the draft, because now you've got a couple quarterbacks coming in, uh, from the college ranks in Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh and Malik Willis out of Liberty. 
who made a, just an insane throw at his pro day earlier this week. If you haven't seen that video yet, I would highly recommend it. Holy cow. It was crazy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the quarterback thing has been wild this off season. 2022 has been the year of the quarterback. Um, yeah. And the peacock, obviously let's go. Saint yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And this is just touching on the big stuff. Yeah. There, there is so many other players that have like one that I saw that was, you know, I don't know that it's big, but it was kind of kind of interesting. Malcolm Butler is going back to the Patriots. Back to New England. Yep. Um, which I think didn't he? I think he kind of like partially retired last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the deal was. He was in Tennessee. I think he was with the Titans for two years. I think this last year was his second. Year wasn't that. he with the Cardinals for a brief point before he retired? He might have. Um, but he took he took some time off of football though. I'm pretty sure to to get his head straight. You know what I think happened was I think that the Dolphins got Tyreek Hill and the Patriots are like, all right, counterpoint, Malcolm Butler's um, back. <laughs> um, and I I, I I do like Malcolm Butler. I know that's a that's a tough I like thing. Him less than you do, but <laughs> yeah. okay, never mind. He wasn't with the Cardinals. I don't know where I got that from. It sounded right though. I'm not gonna lie. When you said that, it sounded right. But I know he was with the Titans. Uh, yeah, just some some interesting moves. Uh, the big question mark remaining, obviously, is Baker Mayfield. I would say that's the biggest question mark remaining. Yeah, and I I'm interested to see where he goes. I wonder if someone's gonna. Someone's gonna sit a quarterback if if someone's gonna make a yeah I I I don't know no I was right he was on the Cardinals see I knew that sounded right the expansion buddies where we do uh, live research and you get to see the effects of it but yeah I I don't know Baker like I said come to Seattle Drew Lock can be your backup. Um, and let, let's get, let's get back on track. Let's make DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett happy again. And let's, uh, let's put a bandaid on this big old wound we have right now. That's yeah. what I would say to Baker if he was listening and, uh, we <laughs> love on the expansion buddies. We team Baker in this whole breakup with the Browns. That's my call out is the Browns, the entire organization front to bottom fans to front office. You're all morons and you're going to reap what you sow here in a year or two, I think. That's my call out. Did you do your call out yet? No, I, <laughs> I've got a call out. Oh boy. I am. I don't know how to put this. So Adam, add a pro day. Oh yeah. Okay. I know where you're going with this. At Michigan's a, pro day, right? Yep. Michigan's pro day. Linebacker David Ojabo um, is showing off his skills, um, cuts, catches a ball, jumping, comes down, and tears his ACL. And this is a kid that, until that moment, was projected to go in the first round. Like top 10. Top 10. He lands with that ACL. And all the people watching, one man starts walking up to him, doesn't check on him, grabs the football, walks away. 
Granted, the video that shows this doesn't show. Eventually, there is a picture that shows he's surrounded by medical staff, but no one goes to check on him. The No one comes up to him. They just let him sit. And I am calling out the the football um, machine as a whole, I guess, because I think people, coaches, scouts, everybody has become desensitized to these kind of things because this happens. Yeah. Um, but these kids that put their bodies and health on the line for basically our entertainment. And this is why I think it's, it's good for players to get paid because this was just a workout. Unfortunately, it was a job interview workout for the, you know, yeah. And he'll still get drafted. Um, He will, he'll, he'll fall, but he will get drafted. He will get some money, but no one helped him. These kids, these players are not just hunks of meat for our amusement. They are people that are putting everything on the line for for this job. Again, for our entertainment. I think, you know, <sighs> at least ask if he's okay. Go check on him. My God. Yeah, I know you're the big cool NFL scouts there to do your job, but at, at some point, show a little empathy. All right. The kid tore his ACL. He's down on the ground. Uh, he's clearly in pain. Maybe go see if he's all right. That's a very good call out. I didn't even think of that one. Um, I, I was just so appalled when I saw that. That's it's a tough video to watch. It's and again, I I use this term earlier. It's it's a bad look. It's you know your your coaches, the scouts, the reporters. No one checks on them, and it's like how how do you just let this kid lay there in pain? Yeah, and and the crassness of the man to just go grab the ball and walk away. Like it, I and as a coach, and granted, I I coach junior high six man football, but if one of my players gets hurt, like yeah, you're out there. Yeah, you're there. <laughs> on you're being a human being at that point oh, that's, i i digress it it's infuriating but yeah that's a good I, one that's a good i one. suppose we better start we're about at the end of our time for the evening let's end on this a happy episode note. let's end on a happy note what what anything that's making you happy in life or in sports right now let's hear it because i don't want to end on that well, I'm just happy to get to record and talk with you, Jared. Oh, look at you go. Buttering me up. I appreciate it. And I'm happy to record with you, Justin. And I'm happy that we get to share our thoughts and our stories and our days with all of you lovely listeners at home. Whether you're joining us from Spotify, Google Play, Spotify. Did I say Spotify already? Yeah, Spotify twice, though. Uh, iTunes. Well, Spotify especially, I guess. <laughs> iTunes. Or the illustrious can on a string. I'm happy that you've joined us. Today, I've been Justin. He's been Jared. And never forget, everybody. Party like it's 1976.